you're either you're either on the bus or you're off the bus. Welcome aboard episode 25 of Ride the Bus, the official Iowa Wild podcast presented by Explore Minnesota. Coming at you here from Wells Fargo Arena, Ben Gislason, Joey Goldstein. And if fans were looking for commitment to the pod, this is it. Because we're carving out time in the middle of probably the busiest week of the season, I would say, even though the season hasn't technically started yet. So... We're fully committed. we got a great guest coming up today, Nick Patan, someone who I'm sure fans have been just chomping at the bit to hear from. Let's set the stage. Here we are, episode 25. How you doing, partner? I'm doing good. I, yeah, this is a crazy, it's a crazy <laughs> week. There's just so much happening, and it's, and it's like that every year. You come to opening night and the home opener, and there's just there's so much to do, and you're always, you know, I, I sit there, and I'm, I'm in bed at night, I'm like, oh, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, and every, do you, no, do, you, do you have a notepad, like, no, you, do you roll over and go notes on your phone, because so I, I have do, that, I have, like, bedtime thoughts, yeah, notes, no, mine's a little like bit broadcast more, broadcast this, broadcast that, mine's a little bit more chaotic than that, I just, I just send myself emails, and the subject <laughs> line is what I need to do, so I could come in one morning, have 10 emails from myself, at, like, four in the morning, spanning like from, up, like, oh. 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. Just have different <laughs> things that come to mind. It's like oh, I pop out of bed and it's like, oh, I forgot about this, or oh, I got to do that. So um, that kind of stuff pops up throughout. But it's yeah, this week. I mean, you had, we had the golf tournament on on Monday, which was tremendous, great time. We raised a ton of money. Congratulations think, to Adam Beckman and no, it wasn't Adam Beckman. I thought they thought it was the Tito's group that won. Who ended up winning again? There was a there was a dispute about this. I don't remember. Okay, well, good. Someone out there listening knows who won. But I thought it was going to be the Tito's Beckman group because he was talking about it all day, and there was a card off because there was a tie. I think it was 16 under. Oh, really? Yeah, Yeah. I wasn't – so I wasn't – I was – Eating my my dinner at that point, I well, really and and attention. celebrating. By the way, I well, shouldn't even bring it well, up. Well, that's that's the thing. Yeah, you, Here you we go. We're set to bring it up today. And I think I think a lot of people thought I was, you know, lying about it. Um, I heard some jeers as I got up to to <laughs> collect my handshake, which like I didn't even win anything for this, um, but close to the pin, which I never win. Um, it was our our last hole of the day was was at Copper Creek. It was the hole twelve, so the par three where like the the house is up in the back. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's up. a that's a long long par three stuck too. It, and it must have been, I mean, it, you know, two feet, three feet, maybe from wow. from the pin. It was just inside the next closest marker, and we went up. And the guy who owns the house, like right next to the green, he was like, "He's like, you're the winner." He goes, <laughs> "He goes, you guys are definitely the last group. Nobody's beating that." And so, uh, you know, put my name down, took it with me. Embarrassed to say that. Myself, my father who golfed with us, Brent Arnold, Tim Hicklin, and Carson Lambos, we must have taken – we used all of our mulligans to hit this putt, and none of us made it. It was – it was yeah, we all missed the putt. That wasn't great. Um, fortunately, it was automatic par either way because you're, you know, two putts or whatever. But um, You so got yeah, what you needed I closest to the pin. You were there for the accolades, not for the score. Yeah, yeah. So, But Perfect. that was a good time. We raised a lot of money. It was a lot of fun. So, like I was saying, though, but the, the, to have the whole day on Monday – be spent outside the office for this week where there's so much to prep for it's just it's a lot i mean marquise is cranking away he's behind the scenes right now working on videos (laughs) for opening night so like he's editing we are we are we are cranking through because we're trying to run you know we're recording this on wednesday we'll peel behind the curtain recording this on wednesday the week of opening night uh tomorrow thursday we're hoping to do our like a game ops run through of things well we've got to get that done by a certain time because uh, figure skating group comes in there's a youth uh, high school hockey group that comes in so they're going to take the ice till about 8 30 
So if we can't get things uploaded and tested, that means we're coming back in at nine to then come in for a very long day on Friday for opening night. So um, we want to make sure everything runs without a hitch. We want things to run smoothly, make sure things work. So it's just, there's just a lot of moving parts and that's just on the, like the game Alex presentation side. There's so many other elements, you know, ticket sales, those things they got to get ready for and sponsorship and make sure that the concourse looks good and <clears throat> mix with the fact that on the marketing side, we got two new hires who started in the last week. So getting them up to speed, there's just, there's so much happening. Um, but all things considered, I think everybody feels like they're in a good spot. It's obviously, it's a stressful week. There's so many things happening, but, um, everybody's in the same boat. So it's not like, you know, three or four people are, are more stressed than others. I think everybody's feeling it, but that's, that's working sports. It's what we sign up for. And, and when we get to Friday and puck drops and we get to you know, the final whistle on Saturday, it's going to be great. Cause it, you know, we're expecting to have a great weekend. And from what we've seen in the preseason, we think the production on the ice is going to be outstanding too. Now is certainly the time for everybody on this staff where you reap the rewards of the mid-June day that you came in and did something. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this in the podcast before, how you can't forget about your duties even in May or June mm -hmm. when you think, well, I've got three, four months now. It catches up to you quick. Y you have to make sure that you're slowly kicking the ball down the field a little bit or else you're going to realize you're still on your own 20 mm -hmm. and you got a minute to go. Yep. Um, so this is an official shout out and a big thank you to everybody. And this, I could even probably speak for the fans on this one listening that are going, I didn't maybe know there was this much behind the scenes. Some of them do for sure. There's but a lot. The ones that don't thank your ticket rep, if you see a corporate sponsor person, thank them. If you see Joey in the, or anybody in the marketing side, if you see Marquise. Merchandise. Like, merchandise. The stuff Kelsey and Morgan are doing, right? They have, first of all, I mean, if you know, our merchandise is sick. Like, we got some really cool it stuff. It is far and away. There's the, even is, cooler stuff in this year, but they've gotten, over the last three weeks, they've gotten thousands and thousands of items that they have to go and tag and price and give it's like they've been working really really hard it's far um, and away the department we've talked about most on this podcast it really is it's like, the coolest yeah, stuff it, it is. I it's mean, so cool who doesn't like like repping the team and like and it just keeps coming i'm like yeah. when is she going to run out of ideas because well, there's fall there's like fall catalog yeah. stuff and then the spring stuff so, rolls in, so it's yeah it's she's she's on the money yeah but it really is it's such a team effort and it the hours are exhausting and it's for everybody to your point joey there isn't one person right now who isn't sun up to sundown grinding and and that's what it takes that's what it takes to run an organization the way that this organization needs to be ran and the goal is world class that's the goal that we have and um, in order to get there that's what it takes uh, and, and on the ice world class is what Brett McLean and his staff are looking for it was a lot of offense in the preseason it's obviously preseason I said this on the broadcast just because you win big in the preseason or you lose big in the preseason, always, it goes both yeah. ways. So yeah. Rockford's leaving these two games, having been scored on 13 times and going, it's okay, it's the preseason. Brett McLean and his staff, I'm sure, are leaving going, well, our offense seems to be the way we want it to be, but there's always a but in always. the preseason. But to double down on that but, a lot of goals. And as I talked about on the broadcast on Friday night, if you tuned in on YouTube, was – not only the goal output, but the way they were being scored. And really the thing that jumped out to me about this team was they don't give the puck up. Mm -mm. And it's such a stark difference to the way the Tim Army regime ran. And this isn't saying one is better than the other because Tim Army's teams defensively were typically some of the best in the league. But 
from an entertainment value, from a just coming into a, a hockey arena and watching hockey happen perspective, this is more entertaining. What we saw yeah. over the weekend yeah. is more entertaining. Now, will it will it be a winning product? Time will tell. Mm-hmm. But this is an extremely fun brand of hockey to watch. The connectivity between not only the forwards, but you've got D joining all the time, whether it's Kyle Masters. I thought Carson Lambos was really good on that Friday night game. He's maybe not as much the offensive dynamo as a Masters is or a spot check. Some of these young defensemen mm-hmm. we're seeing come in. Um, it looks like Simon Johansson had a really good offseason on the back end. It's going to be young back there. Uh, we didn't even get to see Damon Hunt who was great in the small sample size in Minnesota before he got hurt playing mm-hmm. NHL preseason games. And the big question I have on the back end coming into this weekend specifically is, I think Jared Spurgeon's hurt. Yeah. So to me, and again, this isn't speaking with any prior knowledge about team services. I've heard nothing about this from a team services. Do I have to get Dakota Mermis to Minnesota perspective? But you would imagine he's so- the guy. You would imagine somebody has to go because, they. I mean, you can run with six, but like – probably better to have a seventh because you'd never know I would what imagine. happens. I would imagine. Um, so I'm wondering, could we start opening night with Brendan Miller as your oldest blue liner on the be. back end? That could be it. Could um, be. And that, I, that's pure rumor mill. Not a bad person to have back. No, on your not blue at all. Line, I mean, so. again, and, and another reason why you're, you're, you're thanking, you're thanking yourself right now for signing him in the off season, mm-hmm. because this scenario could very well play out again and again and again, mm-hmm. depending on what Minnesota needs up top. It's Mermis, tough when you're, cap crunch the way that they are too. Yes, it's... and Mermis probably is the guy. So if that call happens, which it could, then all of a sudden you're very grateful to have at least one guy who's close to 30 on that back yeah. end because the rest are 22 and yeah. under, and that's what well, you got. And you hope that a guy like O'Rourke and, and Johansson, like they've they've got a year under their belt, mm-hmm. O'Rourke a year plus, having been here during the shortened season. So like you hope that they're, they've got that experience and they kind of know what to expect, not that the younger guys don't. Um, but yeah, it, like you said, there's the puck possession is one thing, but you talked about the defense. That's one thing that stood out to me right away on Friday is they are a lot more active yeah. in this system, this scheme that that Coach McLean has them running than they were in the previous one, um, which is great. But the way you like you said, the way that they're scoring and like they were just and I don't I. I don't know much about Rockford. I, I'm sure they're not as strong as they were last year, just given Chicago's situation. Um, but there were like the the the, the goal Sammy Walker score where Batan basically rope doped everybody behind the net <laughs> and and passed it to where nobody was. Like the goal of Vinnie Letary score in the power play, stepping jaw, jaw dropping. Yeah, there were some jaw dropping goals where it was like <laughs> wow. Or like when Batan and Letary were playing pitch and catch rink wide, passing the puck through the low slot area yeah. twice it's, somehow through everybody and then finding Novak for a centering. F- who looked phenomenal. Yeah, he I looked really good. Looked great. Um, it's, it's, really, it's really a group up front, and it's great we're getting to it because obviously we're going to talk to Nick Batan here shortly. Um, so deep, just such a deep group. And they're like, there were guys who weren't even like – Nick Swainy didn't, didn't play in that Swainy game. didn't play. Right now Nick Swainy on the depth chart – might be on your third line. Jujar Kara didn't didn't play. Yeah. So like there are there are guys who who are gonna have an impact who we still haven't even seen yet. So it's just I'm I just we've been saying it for so long. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. But like now that it's it's here and we've played hockey and the opener is is coming, I am I cannot wait. Either can I. Uh, Nick Patan. Before we get to him, um, when you were preparing for this interview. He's someone that our fans have come to adore mm-hmm. for obvious reasons, uh, first and foremost. Point-per-game-wise, 
one of the best in the American League last year. That was something I never noted. I never thought about. Brett McLean actually brought it up with me this summer. I wrote it down somewhere. Nick Patan last season was the only player in the American League that had 60-plus points who played less than 60 games. Hmm. I mean, he had a fabulous year. He played just 53 games because he was hurt a little bit, and then he also spent a significant amount of time in Minnesota, too. So when he was here, he was scoring. And down the stretch last year, there was no one better in a wild uniform than him. He had absurd numbers in the final month of the season. He was such a factor to why the Wild scored. And the one question that our fans are really going to love the answer to because I was really excited to ask him this is, how excited are you, Nick Patan, to have scored the way he scored in that defensive scheme that mm-hmm. Tim Army ran, and now be here where it's opened the up. The doors are opening up, the gates are opened, and Brett McLean is saying, "You go out and you do what you want to do to create offense." Mm-hmm. And I mean, Nick Patan has an endless amount of schemes in his mind for how he wants to create mm-hmm. offense, and we talk about that too. This guy, his courage to make plays is unparalleled. He'll try anything. I and mean, listen, he will literally try anything. That's there's a reason. There's a reason he's the wizard, right? He does some unbelievable things with the puck. Now, is it? Now there were times last year where maybe he tries to do something and he turned the puck over. That's, that's how it goes. That's going to happen. Yep. You live and but, die by the sword when you play yeah, the way he does. But it's, uh, I think, the, for last year for having the production that he had in that, in that, you know, that amount of time and a system that was very defensive-minded, uh, you know, to, to be able to take that now and, and really run with it, and he was a, he was a driver really for if you think of offensively for us last year, he was the guy. Like we went as he went. If he wasn't playing well, we weren't really going too far. Um, so to have him take that this year in a more wide open scheme, kind of gives you goosebumps thinking about yes. it. Yes. And the last thing I'll say before we get to Nick is, right when I first saw him come in and I saw him make some of those just absurd plays and some of the tries that he'd make that wouldn't pan out. Initially, I went, is this just one of those soft skill guys who's just out there to make pretty plays? And as the season went on, the more I watched him, the more I saw the little things he did. This guy is a fierce Mm -hmm. competitor. Mm -hmm. He is as skilled as you can believe he is, but he also has the other side of his game where this guy hates to lose. He hates to make mistakes. He wants to win. He wants to score. And he's not just out there to pad his stats. He wants to win. And Mm -hmm. a fierce competitor, uh, a tremendous golfer, we get into that. A a big restaurateur, we get into that. Uh, Most importantly, as he's known throughout these areas of our world, the wizard, the one and only Nick Batan. Let's get to him now. Before we get to our interview with Nick Batan, we got to shout out our sponsor, Explore Minnesota. Let Minnesota's amazing food scene fuel your next fall adventure. Taste test your way through small towns to find the best scoop of ice cream, discover the world's best burger or craft beverage. For travel inspiration, tips, and more, visit ExploreMinnesota.com. Not bad. Well done. Pretty good segue. I I opened the door before we hit record to say, Nick, feel free to give him some grief if he stumbles on it, but I don't think there was anything to go there. A nice pick too, Joey. Uh, I pivoted at the last minute. I wasn't going to do that one, and then I read it. Because we've got some restaurant life in there, some food life in here, and we've got the local Des Moines food expert on the Iowa Wild roster with us and (laughs) uh, the leading scorer from a season ago, uh, Nick Patan, is with us here today. Nick, thanks so much for parking some time for us. We're looking forward to this. Thank you for having me. Riding the bus. We want to put fans next to you on the bus like you're swapping old war stories. Tell us about a great 
time or a great story on the bus in the Nick Batan journey? Um, I'll talk a little bit about last year. I don't have a specific story, but I'll kind of run through our bus. You know, there's the rookies at the front. Um, so we give them a hard time and, you know, ask them for stuff just for fun. But um, then there's like the movie guys, myself, folks, um, and then there's the card players. And we kind of give them a hard time, too, because they're pretty loud, but uh, they have fun. And um, I think it's just it, it's it's grouped up into sections. So if you can think about, you know, younger guys, movie guys, card guys, but everyone has fun. Who are the guys that need to be told to quiet down on occasion that are playing cards? Uh, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. But, uh, <laughs> I feel like we've had people throw a couple guys under the bus. It for depends being on the player. Yeah. yeah, it depends on the player. Yeah. You know what? I I love music, but sometimes when it's 3 a.m. and and uh, they're they're playing the music so loud, but uh, I think there's one guy that sticks up to everyone, and it's Adam Beckman. He's, he's <laughs> Every gotta, time he's got to tone it down without, just a bit. Without <laughs> he knows fail. it too. He just does it on purpose. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. What are you? You're so you said you're one of the movie guys on the bus. Do you have like, are you just kind of watching different movies? Do you have some that you always watch. What's your kind of go-to? Well, genre there's here? a few of us like Fogarty and, and Nick Swain. He's a kind of a show guy, um, and we kind of just say, "Oh, what are you watching now?" Or and we'll talk about it. And then, like last year, I went through the whole Sopranos and all that. So I told them about that, and I guess I think they started watching it, and then. We flip movies back and forth, but uh, I like a nice, peaceful bus ride. Yeah. What are you watching right now? If there's someone out there listening, looking for a, their next binge, what can they watch? Uh, right now, actually nothing, but during training camp a couple of weeks ago, I finished uh, Top Boy, which is on Netflix. All right. Yeah. I, I haven't seen that. that one yet. And I told Michael Leary to watch it, and he watched it. So there you go. And did he give it the seal of approval? Yeah. yeah he, he just finished it. it yesterday, actually. He said he liked it, yeah. Nick, a lot to talk with you about today. Uh, you're you're such an interesting guy because much like a lot of the guys that have been around pro hockey a long time, there's a lot more to Nick Patan than just the wizardry we see on the ice night in and night out, which is what most of our fans will know most about you, is watching you put up point after point after point last year in your first tour of duty with the Iowa Wild. And I want to start where I like to start with a lot of guys, but I know for you this is a big summer getaway for you, and that's golf. And that this summer specifically, you did a lot of traveling for golf. What can you tell us about some of the places you've been to? How many maybe different states or provinces did you get yourself to to play some golf in the pasture pool this season? Yeah, uh, traveled quite a bit. Most Mostly I had uh, uh, surgery early on in May, so I was out for a bit, but then uh, got back into it. Um, where I'm from BC, I played kind of all up and down BC. And then actually on my way here, I stopped in uh, Idaho, Idaho uh, Coeur d'Alene course. Um, and then I stopped in uh, Montana, Anaconda, and then uh, Bismarck, North Dakota. So it was awesome. My cousin came with me, so we played and took our time getting over here. And it was a nice trip. Of all those courses you just mentioned, if I had to pick one to go to, which one would you send me to? Um... I always, I mean, I played uh, a course called Tobiano in Kamloops, BC. Actually, Joe Hicketts is from there. So uh, that was a beautiful course this summer. I would say that's probably the, one of the top ones I've played this summer. Okay. I, BC is, I've been once. I've never played golf up there, and I instantly wanted to go back. Uh, I know it's where you're from. Obviously, you know it very, very well up there. Do you, do you get outdoors a lot? Aside from golf, is that something that you spend a lot of time doing when you're back home in the summer? I try to, mostly it's for golf, but um, <laughs> I like hiking, um, you know, going little hikes here and there, not not crazy, but um, if I can get on the lake, I get on the lake. Um, I live in Kelowna, so it's uh, kind of like a little lake town, and 
head to the beach whenever. And yeah, I, I like being outside and playing sports. On the golf side of it, so obviously you've played at some nice ones this summer. If you had to pick like the your favorite course, best course you've ever played, what would that be? Same question goes for you too. I want to know what your answer would be. Um, that's so tough. Um, I like to play way more courses I've been recommended to play, but um, maybe so far I'd have to say I really enjoyed uh, the Coeur d'Alene, um, the floating green course. Um, I know there's a lot better courses out there, but uh, something about um, just the atmosphere was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. What about you? The two that come to mind when we were in Palm Springs last year, I got to play a course called the Plantation out there, which was excellent. Uh, I really enjoyed that. I think Max Homa is a member there, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then there's a course, I actually played it for my bachelor party many years ago now, I'm starting to date myself, uh, back in 2019, uh, and it was called Superior National up, uh, up north, uh, past uh, nor Northland Country Club, I believe is where the, the retreat played for the Minnesota Wild the last few seasons. Just north of Duluth. Yeah, yep, yep. that's a great course too, I've played that, yep. uh, but Superior National up in the north woods there it was incredible you, the views of lake superior you get those views at, at northland yeah. as well yeah it it's was a pretty beautiful. fun area to play yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I would probably go superior national or that plantation course in uh which was i think it was indio california just north of palm springs yeah just taking mental notes where i've yeah. got to go yeah. ask him more than me for sure what was your best score this summer this summer it was uh 75 so What's your best score ever 74 well, God, you were close. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, yeah. did you know he's you not close? Yeah. Did yeah. you hear it in I his actually, voice? He's not still kicking himself about it. <laughs> oh, Sorry. I am. Like, <laughs> I was playing good, and then, like, 15, 16, 17 came around, and I just kind of blew it. It would have been like a – I mean, you can always say could have, would have, should have, but, like, <laughs> it could have been like a 71, 72. Yeah, I kind of mm. blew up. But so the, the rail, you came I'm off a, the rails. I'm over it, but I'm not really over it. <laughs> yeah. Nick the hand. Just like us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's get to the ice, Nick. Uh, no surprise, golf is a great game of yours because the skill level we get to watch on a nightly basis, it's a thing to behold. It's jaw-dropping at times. And the first thing I noticed, I think in the first time you wore an Iowa Wild sweater, it might have been, I think it might have been night one because I don't think we saw you in the preseason last year. I want to say the first five passes you threw in that game were a saucer pass. And I was calling the game going like, does this guy ever just make a pass on the ice? Your saucer passes are incredible. I mean, they're, they're never waffling. They're always flat, and you can do it on your backhand as well as you can do it on your forehand. Has this been something that you've just always been able to do, or did you hone this craft over your time? Uh, yeah, I think kind of growing up, uh, I mean, I always worked on it, so I kind of got better and better, but I think it just comes natural now. And then once I turned pro in, um, in Winnipeg, I kind of just heard guys talk about it, and they're asking me, you know, little things, and... Uh, I think it just comes natural now where it's kind of just the flick, but, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to explain. I just kind of do it. God, it is an art. It is art. It is absolute artistry to watch. When <laughs> My you favorite's get, when you get the, on, the, on the power play where, where, you know, up on the side, just the quick flip over the defense right to the guy at the blue line. It's my favorite, too. It's the go-to. <laughs> yeah. that I watched it plenty last year. When it gets knocked down, it's unfortunate. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and I wanted to get to that, too, Nick, because to play like you play, you have to have courage because the plays that you try to make, they don't always work out yeah. in the wilds or in your team's fashion. Sometimes yeah. they go the other way. Now, you're one of those players that – you make them more than you don't, which is why you're such a successful professional athlete. How did you work up that courage to try to make those plays? Because there's times, I'm sure, where you have to go back to the bench and you take your wounds because yeah, yeah. 
it gets turned over and it goes the other way. Talk about earning that courage because it's probably not something that well, I know it's not something everybody can do. Yeah, I think it comes with repetition and then starts with practice too. So in practice, obviously your courage level is a lot higher. You can try a lot more things. And then in a game, I feel like, um, you know, not always, you know, you got to read the situation and you don't, you know, you're playing for your teammates too. You know, you're not just playing for yourself. So you want to make sure you're not always doing these plays. You're not always risking to make, you know, the grade A play. So uh, I try and just find a fine line, and then I think it comes just from repetition and doing it over and over again. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Let me lead with this before I start this question. The shootout move that you have is a thing of beauty, and it's so simple. And I don't think anyone from any other teams are going to be listening to this, to, to, <laughs> so you can lay out yeah. the secret of it. I mean, they have never, film. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they watch it. But where did that move come from? Um. I don't even know, maybe not too long ago, like maybe a year or two ago, maybe before that, I'm not sure, but um, I tried it once, and it's just like a little flick, it's, there's really nothing much to it, um, but even yesterday we are doing a little shoot on practice, and Zeno kind of knows it, so I didn't do it on the first one, and then 20 minutes later I tried it, and it worked, so I'm like, even, so in my head, I'm like, even if they know it's coming, maybe it still has a chance, but um I got to figure out some a secondary option here too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing that's crazy about guys with signature shootout moves, I think about like a Miko Koivu who did it for so long in Minnesota, the ba- the big backhand sweeping move. Everybody seemed to always know it was coming, but time and time and time and time again, he would do it and score. Why do you think? Why do you think that is? Why, why do you think people can just keep going back? Maybe there's just some moves that are so good. You, what are you going to do? You you can't stop it. Yeah, I I think it's just kind of puck placement and kind of your speed and once you master it I think it's you you believe it's going to go in more times than not so if you have that belief and you come down you're like all right I'm going to score you know most of the time you're going to score back to that courage side again think that way all the time that'd be great it'd be great I gotta I gotta (laughs) adopt more of that just in my general life I can do this I will do this I believe I will do this uh this new system now I want to talk about this coming year it's young it's new but you had massive success, obviously, last year in a much more defensively driven scheme. Not that this year's Iowa Wild team is not going to defend, far from it. But when you look at the way at least the opening preseason games have gone, it feels different. It looks different. More puck possession, less chipping pucks, less getting things deep, and more keeping the puck on the Wild's tape. How excited does that have you as an offensive dynamic guy who has just oodles of creativity to play in a system that likely is going to be very offensively driven? Yeah, no, I think everyone's super excited, but again, just finding that fine line where we can hold on to pucks for forever and we have the personnel to do so, but, you know, there's times where we got to get to the net, we got to get gritty, because um, we do have a lot of skill, but um, I think the new kind of theme is to go north and not always bring pucks back, which is totally fair, um, and just kind of makes our team go north, and that makes us more more aggressive offensively. What's the path for this team to be successful this season is it to lean so heavily on the offense that you guys are going to win 5-4 with this young blue line I mean you have a goaltending tandem that arguably could be one of the best in the league I mean Zane is one of the better goalies in the last decade of American Hockey League stats and then you've got Jesper Volstead who was ranked as the top prospect goalie coming out of the season last year how do you see this team winning games this year uh it's definitely early to tell but I'm excited obviously for the first game of the season um 
yeah, like you said, you know, it's a it's a young blue, blue line, but you know, there's there's three guys there. I think three guys that have played all last season, so they know what it is. They know what the league's about. Um, I don't think they should be getting you know as such of a hard time as as everyone's given them. You know, like I and I think everyone has full confidence in them. And then obviously we have an older forward group, but I think we mesh together well. It's a close group in the room. Um, I just think if we stick together and and everyone kind of does their job and works hard, you know, we should be, uh, we should have a hot start for sure. One thing this blue line can do is get engaged in the rush. Uh, you've got some great skating defensemen back there as an offensive guy. When you know you're likely going to have a fourth player joining you, how much more offense can that help create this year? It's awesome. It's awesome. Um, you know, three on twos turn into four on twos and things like that. So it's always nice to, to know that they're coming and you just kind of hope that, all of us get back in time uh, when it's time to play defense, yeah. <laughs> I've, I cannot wait to see it. I can see it in my mind, that Nick Patan hold up on the wall and a late D joining on the weak <laughs> side and that beautiful looping saucer pass yep. right on the tape. It's, gonna, it's going to happen a lot. I'm excited to see it. This, I am too. Whether, whether someone gave you the nickname prior or not, I'm taking the credit for it, <laughs> this, this, this wizard nickname. Um, can we it's crazy never had it before except yeah. for being here but yeah. the guys on the team love it i don't know if i love it. Okay. they call me the wizard it's hilarious can, 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 can we can, i guess whether we get your permission or not we're probably gonna do it create some merch you know nick patan wizard style merch and whatnot yeah for it. i mean you like you said permission or not <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna do it we're yeah. gonna do it yeah. sell people do love it, it. It's got to be a better picture than last year, though. You don't like that one with it the Photoshop just, wizard? No, it was Photoshop. Yeah. Down, like. <laughs> I worked really hard on that. Right after I worked on the picture of me dunking over Ben. That's right. That Yeah. What was your initial reaction when you saw that picture? I was just laughing. And the guys, <laughs> the guys in, the t- in, the, in the room gave me a hard time. But, I mean, I don't know. It kind of it worked out last year. It was fine. Who gave you the hardest time about that picture? Uh, probably Shuey, Andre Schuster. Yeah. He's always joking around. Yeah, yeah. he is. Yeah. Big time joker. Yeah. Um, anything else from the ice, Joe, you want to get to? Cause I want to, I want to get to really the question that I've wanted to ask him because I've been told about how much of a restaurant tour you are. And That's what I want yeah. to hear about too. Are we ready, I, to, are we ready to get yeah, there? I'm, I'm all for that. It's my yeah. burning question, Nick. I'm big on that stuff, too. Yeah, so. food. I've been told you've been to every restaurant in Des Moines. Now, I know close. that's not – I know that's – Close? Close. <laughs> really? It's close. I mean, every restaurant around here probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in like the, the more like maybe down – yeah, more downtown. The heart of downtown. The heart of downtown. The heart of downtown, downtown East the Village. The fringe of it, yeah. A little bit around, yeah. So – walk us through the must-go places that, that it, you know, Nick Patan's got. They're on your short list. Where are you, where are you short going? Short list? Um, I eat pregame at Luca in the East Village. Oh, great. Now you're going to have fans showing up to see how they We all do. It's it's good. It's great pasta. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is. Everyone, it everyone is. loves it. Um, it's open for lunch, too, which is nice. And then uh, when they're closed on Saturday, we go to Centro, which is downtown. Uh, Fresco is always a good place. Um, Alba in the village is great. Um, I don't know. You kind of have to just like drive around and see, but, uh, I'd say that's the short list. I go to those places a lot. Splash is great on the corner. Yeah. Um, 801 is always nice if you're willing to have a, you know, spend a little more and have a nice steak. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of hard just to like think of them, but yeah. that's probably the gist of it in the, in the small, small list there. Hidden gems, a place that maybe you just sort of stumbled on. Because the ones you just named there, I, I think yeah. a lot of people who frequently eat out in Des Moines know yeah. those places. Is there anywhere where you maybe just 
kind of haphazardly walked into it, and then you left going, man, this was a super spot. Um, There's free ads all over the place right well, this now. Is like, we're, yeah. the, we're the king of free I, ads on this I, I did the same thing <laughs> with you this weekend. I had you give me recommendations. The place you gave me was like a hole in the wall. I'll give free place. ads for Flying Mango all day yeah. long. Have if you, you have been not, there? If, you're, if you like no. barbecue, Flying Mango. Good. Off the charts. Guy Fieri did a did a show there. Well, I'm just getting back into town, so I'm blanking out on these names. But there's a there's like a cool chicken spot on uh, Ingersoll there. Um, it's like fried, spot. it's like fried chicken. It's really good. Uh, when I think fried chicken, I think of Bubba. Bubba's good too. Bubba's good. <laughs> Bubba's good. <laughs> I, love, I love Bubba. Yeah, yeah. Bubba's great. Bubba's fried good. chicken on Ingersoll. Yeah, it's a small little place. Harbinger. 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 Good spot. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Got to be in the mood for that kind of thing, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's good. Because they do the big seven-course, eight-course meals there. If, because the, you, you can do the – I got a wife who's a big foodie too. Uh, you can do like the chicken option there. where well, they did that during COVID. It was a takeout order, but they kept it because it had so much success. That chicken's dynamite. But you can do – you can go there and do the whole seven courses, like amuse-bouche, the whole right. – They put it they, – they really roll out the red carpet for you there. Yeah. But much like you said about 801 – Bring your pocketbook. If right. you're going to go eat at Harbinger, mm-hmm. you got you got to bring your pocketbook there. When my for wife sure. brings that up, I'm like, what occasion <laughs> is this for again? Like, this isn't just we're going for fun, It's Tuesday, right? Ben. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, putting you on the spot, Nick, if there's one dish that you've had in Des Moines and, and, and I got it and Nick Patan has to eat this dish for, let's say, seven days straight, what comes to mind? Oh, that's, so, that's super tough. Um, I'd have to go with probably my spot luca right? yeah. yeah just to uh, pass the chicken but they have so many different passes and um and at dinner they have a different uh menu for dinner so you can get steak salmon chicken so i would say if i had to eat there i'd eat there every day yeah. i think we're gonna get a copy of this podcast get me a contact at luca when you're over there we're gonna send this to them and say like, sh- this I'm is how show- much we love i'm, you, I'm gonna shout out steven right now he's the best <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's awesome he wants to cater for us too <laughs> we've Okay. That's a show. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We're yeah. making moves right now. Yeah, so we are. We've got to, I still, I still, what I want to do is when I've talked about a little bit with Ben, but like, I think it'd be fun to find some of these restaurants where we, you know, you really like to go and do like the diners, drives and dive style thing where we go in, they take us into the kitchen. It's like, how are we making this? You yeah. Know, how can we learn and do stuff like that? I think that'd be a lot of fun to do. I would be into that for sure. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Luca. The, we'll start with Luca. We got, we got the hockey wizard making, and the marketing wizard right here moves. spinning. Yeah, we're, <laughs> making, and we're the, making moves. And the broadcasting services wizard. No. Too many <laughs> wizards. No. Too many no wizards. No such thing. Too many wizards. Um, road cities, I don't want to get to too many of them, Nick, but any road cities that jump out to you as when you're on the American League circuit, and maybe it's even not a Central League or Central Division team. You've been in other divisions in the American League and the National League before. When you think about some of the great spots that stand out to you in your time playing pro now, coming up on a decade, what are the, the great restaurants that, that come up in your mind throughout North America? It's super tough. Um, you really know how many restaurants he's been to when I ask this, and he's like, I got just, no clue, Ben. Just going through the Rolodex. It's been all over America and Canada, yeah. so it's like so hard to put into uh, into a few or even one. But, like, I don't know. I'd say your cities in general is like, you know, going to San Diego was great. Going to Palm Springs last year was great. Mm-hmm. You know, you're always going to find good restaurants there. Um, I love California, so anywhere in that, in that side. Um I play in Toronto. There's tons of good restaurants in Toronto. Um, yeah, I don't know any kind of bigger city. But then I'm not throwing you know the little cities like they're they're great too. They got little um, whether it's dive bars or little restaurants. It's uh, I'm always open to going to check out new things. Are you 
so obviously you, you'll go to all kinds of different restaurants, but there is, is there like a certain style of food that you're more drawn to? Like, are you more of like, I really like Italian food or I like Southern comfort or. I'm just biased. I like, I, uh, I don't know if it's <laughs> one of the questions, but like my, my dad, he, I grew up, uh, uh, in the restaurant business or, or he had his own restaurant for 25 years. So my family was in the, the Italian restaurant business. So I'm biased saying that. So whenever I, I get kind of excited going to new Italian restaurants and I like my wine, I like my pasta. And it's all is there, there, if there, so, I mean, there's plenty of iconic Italian dishes. Is there one that's like, this is my favorite of all of them? Not, not really. Um, if I had to pick probably like, I love a, a nice meat sauce, so bolognese, um, I like to try it everywhere. Like when I, I lived in Vancouver, I guess every summer, um, for a while once I turned pro. So I used to go to all those restaurants and my brother's like that too. So we always used to go together. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Two familial notes I want to get to. First one, your brother, Alex, he wore that logo at one point here. He was a part (laughs) of the early goings of the Iowa wild. How much did you check in with him when you were kicking around the idea of signing with Minnesota? Uh, I did actually a little bit. Uh, I don't know whether he was still over in Europe or not, but I, I always check in with him. I'll call him and, but for sure. Cause I, I knew he was here for a short stint. I don't know how long it was, but, um, he told me kind of like where to go, whether it was West Des Moines or the village yeah. or whatever. So he knew a little bit about it and, uh, he had nothing but great things to say. An excellent segue to bring up your father's pizzeria. I, I did want to ask you, you and your family and the loss of your father, you guys are mental health warriors. You're mental health champions. Um, you have a golf tournament that you do every every year to raise money towards, uh, you know, working towards getting a better state of mental health in our world. For anybody that might be tuning in out there right now that is going through it or is having yeah. a family member going through it, what's your message to them? I actually think yesterday was World Mental Health Day, I believe. Um but yeah, um, me and my brother and, and my mom, we throw um, a golf tournament and it's a Canadian Mental Health Association, uh, Vancouver Fraser, which is um, a charity where we're from. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's invitation only, but it, so it's a lot of my dad's old friends, family friends, my friends, hockey players that are friends, and we kind of just get together once a year, raise money for the, for the foundation and... Um, yeah, it's it's just it's cool to see everyone every year, and I think it's cool to check in, and it's just like a nice reminder why we're doing it. Um, and I get I get tons of messages throughout all the years, or since it's happened, that um, you know advice I might I might have, which I'm I'm kind of in the um, I guess mental health world now. You know, I focus on it myself. Uh, my friends focus on it, uh, kind of family members and all that. So I'm always open to hearing what people have, if they're questions or advice or anything like that. But um, I don't know if I over-elaborate on that, but yeah. Couldn't have, uh, wonderfully said, Nick. Um, My final question is, you mentioned the 25 years, the Italian restaurant. What was the best dish at that place? People were coming in to eat there. What What were they getting? Uh, I don't, I don't know. It's so long ago now. I would have to say probably just a standard bolognese meat sauce yeah. dish. Um, it's like the standard, but the pasta was there, was there was great. Um, everything was great and, uh, it's still there. It's, it's run by a different kitchen now. Um, it, it is still there, but, uh, we definitely don't close off now, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Can you cook? I can cook. Uh, I'm more of a cook in the summertime, I guess. Yeah. I obviously I like to go out to eat in the winter, but... <laughs> Um, I can cook. Uh, my brother is a way better cook than I am. My mom's a great cook. If I put the time and effort in, I'm, I'm into it. And I like to cook for other people and not just for myself. So 
if I'm into it, I'll, I'll cook. And I can usually make most dishes, but um, it's just about doing it. What can't those hands do? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. Joe, anything to finish up our show here? No, no. I just, <laughs> no, no. I, get, I just have ideas to start spinning, but we're good. Nick, did we miss anything? I don't, I don't think so. I think, I think it's all good. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. Magical on and off the ice, the wizard Nick Patan. A big thanks for parking some time for us here. It's a busy week for him, too, yep. just as it's a busy week for us. Uh, a great chat with Nick. Loved some of the food stuff. Loved a few of those dishes he brought up. Uh, and a really intriguing guy. And, and a guy who he's, doesn't give you all that right away. He, he's definitely a closed person. But as you get to know him better, the more he starts to shine and sparkle. Mm -hmm. and, and a really big part of that locker room, clearly – uh, because he's going to be one of three guys wearing an A on his sweater this season. When we did this interview, he didn't know that, so we didn't talk about it. Yep. Uh, but the jersey behind us here does have an A on it. We made sure to keep it spun backwards so, so he didn't see it. See it. Um, but he will be one. Uh, Adam Beckman getting an A on the jersey this year, as well as Stephen Fogarty, who wore one last season, and no surprise, Dakota Mermis back with the C on his sweater this season. So those are your captains for the Iowa Wild. That has, of course, since been announced on our social channels uh, the week previous as we record this. But nonetheless, a great group and a great guy in Nick Patan and a great leadership group there. You have, obviously, veteran Laden, Fogarty, Mermis, and Patan, but then Adam Beckman, who certainly – has become a leader in this dressing room, a guy who has spent more time here than actually all of the, yeah. <laughs> those veterans, really, he's, he's, uh, even though he's he, a lot younger. Has he spent more time here than he, – he's probably spent more time here than anybody on the roster, right? I would Maybe believe Sweeney? so. Yeah, him and Sweeney would be about the same because yeah. Beckman played before and after during – the 2021, yeah. 22, no, 2021 COVID shortened campaign, mm -hmm. which is just 34 games. I think yeah. is what it was. He played maybe nine that year because he went back to the WHL because mm -hmm. that team played. Remember, Ryan O'Rourke stayed because yeah. the OHL didn't play. Right. And Sweeney came in after what was his senior season at UMD, the Bulldogs that year. Mm -hmm. And so they were roughly the same. Right Had a little time. cup of coffee in yeah. that COVID year. And then were full-timers after that. Uh, so, yeah, those would be the two guys that have spent the most – days in Des Moines, mm -hmm. if you want to count that. A lot of games played, though, behind Patan and Mermis and Fogarty. And e even further than that, it's so funny with how young the decor is, the forward group is old. Yeah. I mean, Vinny Letary is is a 300-plus uh, pro game guy, a lot of AHL games, some NHL time in mm -hmm. there. Obviously, Jajar Kara, uh, mostly National Hockey League games. Uh, I remember him well from when he really broke in with the Edmonton Oilers and was a big part of a few playoff teams they had anchoring their third, fourth line. So there's a lot of depth in that in that top group, not only from a skill perspective, but from an age perspective too. And they shouldn't have any veteran issues either this season, which is nice. Because That's that always was the something biggest thing. That's the, always right, the biggest As of right thing. now, the numbers fit. They can play enough. Kel Kessie's in that veteran exempt slot, mm -hmm. so, so he can slide and you can play five a night on the veteran side and then one on the veteran exempt, exempt side. So they should be good there. Remember running into that with Joseph Cramarosa mm -hmm. last season. He was the odd man out, and then eventually made his way out of Des Moines yeah. for that very reason. So he should be in good shape there. Um, but let, let's let's wrap this up. Uh, plenty for you to do. Plenty for me to do here today. What do we need to get to to put a lid on this? We've talked about the captains. What else? Oh, I mean, just on the captain stuff. I mean, I think it's it's we've got a it's a really good mix of of guys. Obviously, you know, Nick Patan and, and even Stephen Fogarty. They're not the most outspoken players right they're not the rah-rah guys in the room they are 
the lead by example guys, like this is how to be a pro type of deal. Whereas you got Mermis, who's definitely more vocal, and <laughs> Adam Beckman who's on well the other end of the spectrum. Well right? documented, well so documented. Yes, you got a little yes. bit of everything. You guys, you got, you got, they're they are all good leaders, and I think you know for Beckman, he's really turned into somebody that everybody can look to, and he, you know, he knows what his role is here at the AHL level. But he's also a guy who definitely knows what his role is when that time comes to go up to Minnesota. When he got time up there last year. When he played in preseason games, obviously everybody wants to score and be an offensive dynamo. But he also knows that when he goes up there, he's got to adjust a little bit more and play that physical game, play a full 200-foot game, which is something he's talked about, Bill Guerin's talked about, you know, coaches have talked about. So he's really taken that into account and kind of what we saw with Marco when he was here last year. You're going to see Adam Beckman out there in all situations, in all likelihood. Penalty killing, power play, you know, all these as much ice time as possible to get him out there. So I really like what, uh, you know, the selections they made from the leadership group. Like you said, there are a lot of worthy guys, a lot of guys who have been around for You know, goalies don't wear letters. Zane McIntyre is a big leader in this locker yes, room. Is. So, like, there's leadership. There's, there's Just because a guy wears a letter doesn't mean someone else can't step up and be a leader either. So um, we've got a good group. It seems like they're all meshing really well to start. Um and time will tell to see how it translates to on-the-ice play. And, it, and it's important when you think about the departures of some really big voices. Mm -hmm. I, I think, and we're still looking to see maybe who are, who are going to step into the roles of a Joe Hicketts, of a Turner Ottenbright, um, of a Mitchell Chafee. Those were guys who had voices in the room they were looked upon, and it seems like it's become a next man up mentality here. Some with some new arriving faces, mm -hmm. others with guys like Beckman who now will usurp some of those roles and know that because some of those voices are gone, Adam Beckman lived with Joe Hicketts for the last two yep. seasons. So if anybody knows how to be like Joe, it's Adam. Yep. In a different way, though. He's not trying to be Joe Hicketts. There's only one no. of them. But um, from a leadership standpoint, you, you pick those things up. And yeah. you got to be a sponge, especially when you're a young guy in that locker room. So I think that's exactly what he's done. So with that, uh, we hope that you all had a magnificent time at opening weekend. Because as we record this, we don't know how that's going to play out. No, we and don't. No, we, we don't. We uh, think we yeah, know yeah, how it's yeah, going to go. Yeah, we got a good feeling. We hope we know how it's going to go. I'm really intrigued to see the matchup with Henderson because as I was doing my homework last night on them, they're very big. Mm -hmm. And Iowa's not that big. So will it be speed? Will it be size? Fans know. We'll see. We don't. We'll see. <laughs> It's exciting. One, yeah. I guess, before we wrap, there is a huge, huge piece of news that um, we can share because by the time this comes out, it'll be uh, public. But our post-game concert mm. is, at the, by this point, if you haven't heard of it. Um, get out from let under me, the rock. Well, not, don't, <laughs> not If you haven't heard of it, it's not get out from under the rock. Um, let me know because it should be everywhere. Yeah, um, yeah then that's on me. That's on, that's on me. Yeah. It's going to be out there. It's going to be very, very clear. Uh, but January 27th, after we take on the San Diego Gulls, uh, we are once again hosting Country Night. And after the game, all those with a ticket will be able to enjoy a post-game concert featuring Mitchell Tenpenny, who is a multi-platinum recording artist, huge in the country scene right now. He's all over there, you know, top 100, top 25 charts. Um, so we're really excited to bring him in. Uh, VIP packs Everything that you saw last year, all that is, is on sale now. There are gold VIP packs that are starting at $30. That gets you an on-ice pass uh, for the show. Ticket for the game would be sold separately there. 
or you can get a platinum pass, which is $189 that comes with a ticket that comes with all you can eat food and drink and an ice suite access. It comes with a signed gift from Mitchell Tenpenny. It comes with front of stage access. None of this is in front of him either, by the way. This is all recited. <laughs> I've written it down. All so recited. Times. Commemorative lanyard and pass. You get a commemorative pass too if you're a gold pass member. Um, and as we get closer to the game, those prices may increase. So like, if you're planning on now. coming out here, get them sooner yeah, because the closer we get, similar to you know day of game, you know ticket prices and things like that jump, get on it sooner. Um, but we're really excited to have them. Obviously, the Russell Dickerson concert last year was tremendous. Uh, Mitchell Tenpenny, we're expect we've heard tremendous things from you know his his management team and and the agency who you know we work with and um, they all just rave about him um, and he's up and come. He's been on tour with Luke Combs and Jason Aldean. Like he's He's going to be one of the next big things in the country music scene. So we're excited to have him. Get your tickets. Don't wait because the lower bowl will sell out, and it will sell out very, yeah. very quickly. So uh, make sure you get those tickets. And uh, I, th I think that's that puts a bow on country night for me. And we'll pray to the hockey gods that it doesn't snow like it did for yeah. Russell Dickerson. Well, it did snow last year. Last year. We it made that still work. Great, it was still but great. But it yeah. sure made getting to the rink a chore that day. That's, you know, that's. And that was March too, which is crazy. But yeah. January, you could, you never know what you're gonna get. But either way, we're we're really looking forward to it. It's a it's a huge. I mean, last year was the biggest game for us of the season. It was the biggest game for us for a lot of reasons, like all time, you know, organization wise. So just hoping to surpass that this year and and just make a good night for everybody who's here. Shout out to a job well done to all of the Iowa Wild staff on a successful opening weekend because we put in the work ahead of time. So mm -hmm. even though this is being recorded before opening weekend, we know it's going to go off without a hitch in mm -hmm. a big successful weekend. So shout out to everybody on our staff for the incredible and just toilsome work that everybody puts in to make this happen. Uh, and thanks to the on-ice wizard, Nick Patan, to the marketing wizard, Joey Goldstein, uh, for making this episode possible today. The broadcasting wizard. And too Services many wizards. wizards. Too many wizards. There's no such thing. I've seen. I've seen Harry Potter. There's no such thing. Too many thing. wizards. There's no too such many wizards. Thing. Nope. Um, nope. Uh, and also to Jeremy Core and Executive Podcast Solutions for making this listenable from however you're tuning into us here today, and also to Marquise Jones for editing on the YouTube side. A big pleasure to be heard. A big pleasure to be seen. Thank you for tuning in. This has been episode 25 of Riding the Bus, the official Iowa Wild podcast presented by Explore Minnesota. And until we set sail next time, two hogs for the win. Thank you.